Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. We're just scratching the surface. We're just scratching the surface of what God wants to do in this church, in our lives. Psalm 34 and verse 8 says this. It says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is a man who trusts in him. Hand in hand with trusting God comes a blessing. Hand in hand with a life in Jesus Christ is a hand or a life which sees many things come to pass. Junction Church, we're just scratching the surface. We're just scratching the surface of what God wants to do in this church, in your lives. God is scratching the surface. And when you keep scratching, you will find the riches of what he's already prepared for you. Already prepared for you. And I'm excited to preach to you guys tonight. And I'm going to be speaking from um, the book of Ephesians. And it's um, going to be chapter 3, which has been kind of like our, um, our underlay for the, for the, um, for the uh, message series we've been doing. And I'm going to read from verse 14. It says this, um, Apostle Paul writing to the um, Ephesian church. Uh, that's Ephesians 3, verse 14. And it says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints... What is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power of work in us. I just love that. When I read that um, in preparation for the, the sermon series, that just, leapt, that just leapt alive in my heart that he is he gives us a love and he gives us his grace that will, that will end up with us seeing the expansive riches of his love. It can't be measured. We know, it's, we know it's long, but we don't know how long. We know it's deep, we don't know how deep. We know it's wide, we don't know how wide. God is a God of surpassing, he expands and expass, surpasses our expectations. Yes. Whatever we think, God's bigger. Yes. Whatever we've seen, God is more. And it's my joy to talk about that tonight. This morning we spoke about, um, we spoke about abundantly more. Was it much more? Much more. And, um, and the much more, it's about how God really has much more than we think. And the much more is what is leading me to my message tonight, which is the fullness of God. The much more in your life is the fullness of God. And I think... Something about, maybe this is just me, but I think there's something that defines men. It's, it's, the, it's the willingness to be, to be full. It's like you go to a restaurant and you, you want to stuff yourself. You want to get the bang for your buck. Like we're going, to, um, we're going to 8848 next Friday and I'm going to make sure that if there's anything left over, it's going on my plate, in my belly. Like it's just, it's just something about me that just wants to eat a lot of food. I mean, I was pretty disciplined yesterday when um, Heidi and I were in Cosmo for lunch. Um, I only had two plates. Was it two? Yeah, I only had two plates, see. Witness, I only had two plates. But, um, but my appetite, I guess, has just gone through my whole life. Um, 
Back when I was in, in school, I was about 15, 16 years old, and I was working in a Batodri stadium. So I used to work in the kiosks, and that's where they sell the Batodri pies, the, the macaroni pies, the steak pies, and the burgers, which are kind of weird because the, um, the bun didn't open fully, so then the, the, bun would just, the burger would just flap around like that, which I always find a bit weird. Just get buns that fit, but they never did. Um, so, and there's sausage rolls as well, and all this stuff. And my favorite time wasn't halftime when I got to see the fans, and if it was a good game, hear about it, because you can always see the game from the kiosks. My favorite time was after... When, when everyone was going home and everyone were just packing down for the evening. And I knew this, that I knew that all the food that we didn't sell was going to go somewhere. <laughs> I knew that it was going to go somewhere. So they were just saying, yeah, take a bag and fill it. And these bags are like this big. So I was just like, awesome. So I took, I, I took all the, I didn't like macaroni pies because after a while it was just like, you're eating Kevlar. So I didn't bother with that. But I did like Kevlar is like what you get tires and tires and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, so I fill it with all the steak pies and macaroni pies. Well, not macaroni pies, I already said that. Um, and, and the burgers. And I'd, I'd have like this massive bag and the widest grin on my face because I knew I was going to stuff my face. But um, I wasn't patient until the time I got home. I'd eat them as I'm walking from Pataudry, just eating the pies. And then I got home and I'd reheat the food, which is just a no-no. But when you're 15, if you think anything's a good idea when you hear it. So I'd eat these pies and then, and then I'd be so full and, and I just found myself like they were good going down but when they were in me it just didn't quite agree with my stomach. But I find that about mankind. You see there's a transition there. I went from speaking about food to now speaking about mankind. It's, it's not easy. Um, so the thing about mankind is we want to be full. Maybe you're not like me. You don't, want, you don't want pataudry pies. You don't want that sort of stuff. But we all have yearnings yeah. in our life. Yeah. We all have things that we want to see accomplished. We want to get married. We want to have a job. We want to have money. We want to get a car. We want to do all these things. And these things fill our life. And it's not a bad thing to be filled. But the thing is what we fill ourselves with. What I found is some things in life, I just found that if I'm, I'm chasing, I'm chasing, you know, I'm chasing a job, I'm chasing a career, I'm chasing, um, I guess, success in that way, I'm chasing fun, and I find that I fill myself, but for some reason, even though I'm full, I'm spent. I'm kind of exhausted by the pursuit of more that it actually begins to spend my energy. Has anyone ever found that? We find our energy is spent in the pursuit of these things. But in this series, I've got good news for you that that whatever God fills you with is a different kind of filling. It's a different kind of thing when God fills your life. It's a different kind of thing that happens when God enters into your life. I'm going to read a few of those verses again in Ephesians 3. I'm going to start from verse 16 this time. It says here that he would grant you. Everyone say grant you. For those who don't know what grant is, a grant is, it's, it's a gift of money or a gift of um, finance or whatever that you don't have to pay back. So that God would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. It's not about being spent. It's about having something 
to exert something to spend. This is, this, is not, this is not detracting from you. This is adding to you. God is always adding to you. To be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the width and the length and the depth and the height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. See, what you hunger for determines how you live. Pastor Kevin shared that this morning. When you hunger for the fullness of God, when you are filled with the fullness of God, this hunger satisfies any other hunger you may have in your life. I'll drink to that. (laughs) Any other hunger you have, Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all the things we're trying to fill ourselves with, all the things that we're trying to chase after, these things will be added to us. These things will be added to us. We're, we're filled with the fullness of God. And this satisfies any other hunger. I think we sang about that tonight. His love satisfies. His grace satisfies. His riches satisfy. His love in your life, the revelation of it is so big that you don't even have to think about what's going on in my life. What do I have to do? Because we're so enamored with the love and power of God that everything else just takes its rightful place. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be added. What happens when you're filled with the fullness of God is that you overflow. When you're filled with God, you overflow into your, into, into your spheres of influence, into your families, into your workplaces. You, you overflow. In other times where you would be spent, you actually have energy to spend. And it's by... The grace that God fills you with by his presence in your life that you get filled to overflowing. This morning we were talking about um, Pentecost for a little bit. And uh, Pentecost, what happens is um, when Jesus ascends, he, he promises the Holy Spirit and then the Holy Spirit falls on the people who are waiting for him. So two things that they were, they told him to, Jesus told him to do, wait until you receive. Wait until you receive. And upon this receiving, there was an outpouring. God moved on them, so they moved on their surroundings. When God moves on somebody's life, there's always an outpouring into someone else. So after Peter preached in in Acts 2, 3,000 were added to the church. And then this is the amazing thing, that all of them sold out of their abundance, gave the money to the apostles, and then they gave... So that none among them had need. That's what I call outpouring. I would love a church to see that nobody among us has need. Not financial, not spiritual, not emotional. Nobody has need because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit through his church. That's a glorious church. That's a church of overflow. That's a life of overflow. But it doesn't stop there. In Acts 3. Peter and John, they're going to the church. They're going to the synagogue after all this happened. And then there's a guy there who's been lame from birth. And and he's about to, he's he's kind of there and he's used to begging and getting money for his condition. But then Peter has a conversation with him. It's quite interesting. He tells him to to look at him, gets attention. This is what it says. He says this in in Acts 3 and verse 6 to 7. It says, because he's asking for money and, and 
Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. And he took him by the hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Immediately his ankle bones received strength. Now this is a thought I had maybe like an hour ago, so this isn't too long. But um, this in that scripture, he's talking about the embodiment and the joining of grace and truth. Now, it's not always obvious when just looking at it, but grace and truth. You see, Peter healed him by the power of the name of Jesus. Jesus is truth. And the grace was Peter bringing his hand up and pulling him up. Silver and gold I do not have, even though we read before that they had a lot of money after the generosity of the church. Silver and gold I do not have, but I do have the name of Jesus, the King, the Spirit of Truth. I have this, so now I give it to you. And the grace gives a hand up so that the man who's never received it can receive it. Our lives are the embodiment of grace and truth. The truth which we learn, we need the grace to help somebody up. Just like Jesus did for us. In my life, when, I, when I've you know, done things wrong, I don't find God kicking me when I'm down. Yeah. So, like, you did that, stupid boy. <laughs> it's more like, it's okay. We'll get this together. When you, when you say something wrong about somebody or whatever, they're not, they're not, they're not kicking, God's not kicking you when you, you're down. He's saying, no, let's, let's get this. It's okay. I've, it's, you've, you may have failed, but it's fine. We'll work this together because who started a work will see it through to completion god is not in the business of leaving you to your own devices he'll see your word fulfilled by helping you fulfill it in your life it's by his power by his grace by his might in your life that's when you see things toppling down things that he already ordained to be defeated under your feet these are things that he's going to help you defeat in your life He's not going to leave you to your own devices. He's not going to leave you to your own pains. He's going to help you in your time of trial. Grace and truth. He'll help you up. Just as Peter demonstrated his right hand, the hand of authority, to pull him up from his grave, to pull him up from his infirmity, to pull him up from the life he was accustomed to into the man Jesus always saw. That's what grace and truth does for us. Now to him who's exceedingly abundantly, does exceedingly abundantly above all we ask, I think. I just want to read that. That's just awesome. Now to him who's exceedingly abundantly. I'm not sure if anyone knows grammar or or grammatical um, structures, but exceedingly abundantly, that's like, that's kind of like, that's like awesome squared. (laughs) Like, it's... (laughs) It's, it's like amazing, exceedingly abundantly. Yeah. And if you, if you do the history behind some of this kind of style of writing, what, what happens is the repetition, it stipulates force. It says that there's, there's, um, there's a point they're trying to make when you repeat something like this. Like I would say very abundantly or something like that. Or like um, Pastor Kevin would say, much more, like much more. But here this is saying like, this is not, ex- this is not just much more. This is much more than much more. Yeah. Like we serve a God who's able to do yeah. much more than much more above yeah. all we can ask or think. Yeah. Much more than much more. 
Like the guy in Acts 3, he asked for healing. Sorry, he asked for money, he asked for alms, he asked for charity. But God's like, I'm not, I'm not just in relief, I'm in the restoration business. Yeah. I'm not here to relieve you, I'm here to resurrect yeah. you. I'm here to bring something that was dead to life. I'm here yeah. to bring life to your bones which are dead. I'm here to resurrect dead dreams. In Joel 2, 28, which Peter pre- um, preaches in Acts 2, says, On these, in these days, I will pour out my spirit, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. What's that saying? I'm going to create life where there was no life. I'm going to give vision where there was no vision. I'm going to give purpose where there was no purpose. It's the creative power of God to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think see when we're filled with god we overflow into our world we are filled with a satisfaction that can't be that can't be taken back when god gives you something it's not a temporary gift it's a permanent gift for your life what this fullness is it's a dispensation. It's, a, it's like a display, an array, a gener- generous, like, it's like a smorgasbord of gifts. Yeah. means that whatever you need for that circumstance, God's grace will give you that. Yeah. The man needed a healing in Acts 3. He wanted money, but God's saying, that's not what this situation needs. This needs my intervention. This needs my spirit. This needs my healing, my identity made real in his life. This is what this needs. And in your life, I don't know what your life looks like, like right now, but maybe it's like you're looking, for, you're looking for a job or you're looking for a healing. But it goes beyond that. He'll give you that, but it's after the, after the process of seeing what he actually wants to give you through the journey. Yes. It's like if you, want to, if you want to grow, if you want to have a tree in an orchard, it starts with planting the seeds. It starts with, with um, readying the soil. It starts, there's a process that we go through. And in that process, we actually learn how to be much more fruitful. It's like the way I thought about it was if you want to build a house, well, or you want to buy a house, God can sometimes teach you how to build. Because in the building, you're going to be able to do something that you can pass on, knowledge you can pass on, things that, you can, that don't just stay with you, but they actually help you reproduce into your life, reproduce into people around you. I would love if every trial in my life were just going to be solved, you know, like a Disney swirl where we just, where we just, sit, like, we just wait till the end of the film and everything's okay. It's just like, ah, and then, ah, and then we just start, and then we just, we just go through this dance and fairy tale, and then all of a sudden, where it's, everything's okay because, you know, um, how's it at the end, happily ever after, that's what one is. But that's not how God works in life, and that's not how life really works. We create the happily ever after because we know the victories in Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's not about our peace and circumstances, even though he does give us that, but actually it's peace in the relationship with Jesus Christ. When he's with us and we're in him, we don't feel the need to fight because we've already won. It's somewhere a different place. We're fighting from celebration. We're fighting from victory and peace rather than fighting to survive. We're fighting not because we, ha- we need to win. We're living be- like we already have won in the grace of God. Yeah. This, this, this expansive 
array of gifts that God gives us in our times of need. And I don't know what abundance looks like in your life, but in my life it looks like me asking for a certain thing and then along the way getting the certain things. I, 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 just, I just pick up along so many things in the way. Um, I found like earlier on this week I was just in the car and I was just praying to God about all the things I've seen in my life. And it's just like, I was just amazed because I know I'm so laser focused, but God's like looking, seeing like how many things are on the wayside that I just keep missing because I'm focused. And I'm just like, wow, God, I mean, like, I, I didn't see this before, but God, like, just in my life, God, I'm married, like, wow. God, I have a rela- great relationships, great friendships. Wow, God, I, I'm, I'm a musician. Wow, I'm a preacher. Wow, I just, I just found all these things that I didn't know to pray for. But when I found myself walking with Jesus Christ, he leads us in ways that we wouldn't even have the wisdom to pay for, the insight to pay for. God leads us in ways everlasting that we walk with him, there's something that we get that we wouldn't know to ask for because he's the God of exceeding abundance. What I love about Jesus Christ is that John 10, 10, he says that there's things in life that come to steal, to kill and destroy. But he comes that we have life and life abundantly. God is the God of much more than much more. He is a God of much more than much more. But how do we enter into this? Glad you asked. (laughs) We enter in, if we want to be full with the fullness of God, it requires us to first be empty. First be empty. Paul prefaced all this by saying this. He said in verse 14, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family on earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Starts with a bowed knee. In verse 20, most of us who've heard this will always read the first part, but at the second part says, who's exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power at work in us. See, for the power of God to flow in our lives, sometimes it requires us to be empty. We can be so full of ourselves that we miss the big picture. We can be so full of doubt that we miss what we actually have, what the true security that we have. We could be so full of our past that we don't see the future. It requires us to just say, maybe I don't see the whole picture. If the keys can come up, I'll finish here. But sometimes, and it looks different for different people, but sometimes for me, bowing the knees, just sitting down and thinking, I just know that there's something more here. I know there's more to this. God, I know that your word is still true in this circumstance. God, I may not know why, but I know you. And I know that you'll see me through anything I have to go through. Bowing the knee could be something as simple as going to a date on time. Bowing the knee could be something as simple as, no, I'm going to give this job a try. 
whatever we think is beneath us, that could be something that God is using you to bow the knee. And it's not about surrender. It's actually about victory. We serve a God. We love a God. We have a relationship with a God who willingly gave up his life for us so that we can have that abundant life. He gained victory by surrender. Scripture says that he considered, didn't consider his equality with God as something to be grabbed. But he laid all that aside. Why did he do that? Because he was demonstrating what true victory is. True victory lies in the emptiness so that you can be filled. Kind of like how, how Hannah in, in 1 Samuel was praying for a son. And then she's praying for a son and the Lord remembered her. And she named the son Samuel, which means the Lord gave him to me. And it's that gift, that gift that speaks throughout the ages. But it starts from a place where she was just humble. She was praying to God, like, you know, praying with her mouth open, but no words coming out. Somebody thought she was drunk, but she was just so after God that she didn't care what it looked like. It was a bowed knee. Paul bowed the knee for this reason, that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. When you're filled with the fullness of God, you overflow. When you fill the fullness of God, you will love like there's no other way. There's no other option. The love of Christ actually limits your options in the way that you've seen the comparison, what life is like without the love of Christ. Now you actually want to live in greater life because you've seen what that life is. But now you've seen where you can be because of Jesus Christ. Because over here there's overflow. Over here there's a spending of your energy and your time where you think, you think maybe if I just keep doing it, it'll get better. Maybe if I just keep living this way, it'll work itself out. But God is showing you, bringing you over here where you can overflow in his fullness, overflow in his grace. And you can be a champion wherever you go because whatever God puts in you will overflow. According to the power at work in us, he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think. Whatever you think of God, he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly. We're going to stand to our feet. This is bowing the knee tonight. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.